0: When you first got to the varsity at Travis, who was the first person to bust your butt and welcome you to the varsity football in Texas? Uh,
1: you know, I don't really have a person, but I think my first varsity start actually came against Westfield, at Westfield. Um, so, you know, that was, that was a definitely a crazy, crazy day. Um, you know, just the first, you know, your first varsity start with, uh, you know, the bands playing, the crowd, the cheer, you know, everything going on is so much different than a sub-varsity game. You just don't have any of that. Um, but I know, started at tackle, um, and the guy I was going against was a lot bigger, a lot faster, a lot more athletic than me, and, uh, you know, I held my own, you know, I think, uh, you know, looking back at his a good experience, uh, you know, it kind of helped me develop and go throughout the rest of the year, but I, you know, he really was just tried to beat me with the speed rush off the edge, but if he would ever put his foot in the ground and try to cross my face, it would have been not good for our quarterback but uh you know that was probably the first kind of eye-opening moment like oh this is this is a whole different ball game
2: it always feel like i need one more boy and one more line, record the track, just one more time. My family think I bumped my head. Lost my mind, and them. I'm just fine, I'm good enough, but I need one more boy. And one more line, record the track, just one more time. My family think I bumped my head. Lost my mind, and them. I'm just fine, I'm good enough, but I need one more boy. One more line, record the track, just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, and them, I'm just fine, I'm good enough. I'm just fine, I'm good enough. But you be told I need some therapy.
0: Initially ain't do it voluntarily, but now I got a legacy. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Team Player Podcast. You know we're all about, people that listen all the time, we always celebrate firsts. We have another first here on the Team Player Podcast. I'm joined today by the running back coach at Grand Oaks High School. His coach, Ochi, he's coach Ochi, Steven Ochoa. And the first is that this is actually someone I've known since he was a little kid. So, <laughs> couple, you know, a couple episodes ago, Ben Moran made me feel old. And the fact that I was a coach at Ridgepoint when he was a player at Tomball Memorial. Well, this one, I even, you know, I, this, this is another one. I actually, I've known you since you were like an elementary school kid. So that's taking it yeah. back even further. So we got another first. Uh, just really excited to have you, coach. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. If y'all are a part of this team player movement, please make sure you have given us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on. That helps us so much. Those reviews and those five-star ratings help make us more accessible in the search so that people randomly searching around on on iTunes can find us. Tell all your friends about it. We've been getting a lot of great job, our fans of the show, just telling their friends. And I've got people reaching out and saying how much they enjoy the show. Hit the follow button to subscribe and get all the latest episodes in your queue. As soon as they come out, we would be honored if the team player podcast made it into your rotation and finally keep up with the team player podcast updates by following me on Twitter at coach underscore Kovo. That's coach underscore K O V O. I'm James Kovaleski. I'm your host. And yeah, Steven, let's, let's, let's dive into it, man. I got, I've known you for a long time to give a little bit of background. My younger brother, Ryan, who's 10 years younger than me, you guys were best of friends. Uh, You were the best man in my brother's wedding uh, up there in Tulsa the coldest day I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, so man, I, I've known you for a long time. You grew up in Sugarland, Texas. This is the uh, New Territory community, is, is where you know we all kind of. Well, I grew up somewhere else because I'm a little bit older, but then we moved. So my mm-hmm. you and my brother got to move, uh, grow up in New Territory. So just kind of talk about that that uh your your childhood memories of just growing up in in Sugarland, the New Territory area. Uh, you know, it was good. You know, it's
1: a little small, uh, kind of suburb of Houston. Obviously, uh, quiet. Um, you know, but it was good. Um, uh, you know, me and Kovo. You know, I call him Kovo. I know y'all kind of have the same name, but, but, uh, you know, we were actually in the same second grade class, I believe. We really didn't become friends until fifth grade, you know, when he started playing, uh, you know, we started playing football together. Um, You know, and like you said, you know, I was the best man at his wedding. He was the best man at my wedding, uh, you know, and so uh, we're still friends today. But, yeah, it's funny that you bring that up about his wedding being the coldest day ever. I think I still have PTSD because actually leaving the reception, I slipped on some ice Got that. the wind knocked out of me and it was not a, uh, so I don't think I'm ever going
0: back to Tulsa. So <laughs> I didn't know that. Cause that, that, that was, that was legit. And when we were taking the wedding photo that felt so bad for oh. the bridesmaids having to like, we were yes. leaving tuxes on. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. W- what a major, what a major ice storm. Um, you know, so you guys, you, you mentioned Brazos Bend elementary You meet my brother in second grade. Um, you, you 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 talked about the playing Pee Wee football in fifth grade, and that's where I got to tell a little bit of a story here. And I I had it wrong in my notes. I was at, "You're right. It was fifth grade that he started playing." Because third grade is when the program started, but. My mom wasn't comfortable yet with my brother playing football at that at that age and kind of took some convincing. But also, I think Ryan wasn't ready. I think I was pushing him yeah. more. I mean, I was a I played college football at Division three level, and I was kind of pushing him. I think he wasn't really ready for it. And finally at fifth grade, I think he saw people like you and his other friends kind of doing it. He wanted to join. So I'll never forget this story of you know, we get the pads shipped to us, the new territory knights, part of the Fort Bend Youth Football League. So he's got this this just silver helmet with, with the night logo and he's got this purple practice gear and he's got, we take him to Academy and get his practice pants. And man, he is just proud as pie. I mean, he is just, he, he's trying it all on. He's posing for photos. He's walking around the house, strutting around. He's got, he's got elbow guards. I mean, he's got the whole, <laughs> he's got the whole shebang. So he, he thought he was hot stuff that night. Well, then I'll never forget the first practice. So now you're actually out there on the field. I'll never forget. He goes out there, goes through warmups, first water break so maybe i don't know maybe it's 15 minutes into this thing very first water break my brother comes up to me just with these the biggest saddest puppy dog eyes and he's just like he's just hyperventilating just looking at me with this sad face and i'm like pop your helmet off relax like we're we're not leaving we're not quitting <laughs> you know like that we're not leaving just relax and sure enough i think after that first break uh he settled in but you know that's the thing so talking about that the Let's talk a little bit about the, the New Turtle Knights organization. I remember you guys had started playing in third grade. My brother, you know, came in in fifth grade. So I was actually a little bit concerned that if we could even get in because it seemed like a really mm-hmm. robust program. A lot of kids were playing. So just talk about your memories of, of you and your dad kind of really being involved in that youth football organization at that time.
1: Yeah, so my dad actually uh, was one of the founders, I guess you could say, um, him and kind of our neighbor down the street. They kind of started it um, and then, like you said, joined the Fort Bend Youth Football League, which is still going around today. And it's they've probably been around 40 years probably as an organization, a league. Uh, but yeah, so they started it and I was in third grade. Um, so in that league, freshmen you play second, third grade sophomores, which is called freshman. And then sophomore is fourth grade. Fifth grade is juniors. And then sixth grade is seniors before obviously you go to play. Um, you know, middle school, but yeah, you know, that was, uh, you know, a great experience for me and really that's kind of where like I fell in love with football really. Um, you know, and then obviously, you know, I met great friends that I still have to this day. Um, but yeah,
0: so it's all good. So after you guys, you, you know, you start learning the ropes at, at the peewee level and then you move on to Sartarsha middle school. And so now you're, you're kind of, uh, you're joining up a bigger group of kids, right. You know, and you're starting to play a little bit more competitive football, it didn't go so well for y'all. I mean, the, the wins were were few <laughs> and far between. And I'm going to tell one more story, just because I this is one I had circle to tell you and, and tell the audience, because this actually was an, a defining moment in my brother's life. He'll tell you the same thing. And then I'm going to get off. I'm going to let you talk the rest of the show. You got. Right. I it, I was in college. I was a graduate assistant. I just graduated college, but I stayed at Austin College to begin my coaching career. And I remember I was working all the time. And you guys, I think, I think that you played. Maybe on like a Monday night or something. It was something where like we, we played a game on the weekend. We had to just film on Monday with the team. And then I drove home straight from Sherman back to Sugarland, a five-hour drive, just in time to arrive at this game. And it was actually played at Travis High School. And I think y'all mm-hmm. were playing Dulles Middle School, if I remember correctly. And I think y'all were seventh graders or something. You know, that's what I, that's what I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we get out there and they start kicking your teeth in. And you know, I know there's some really good <laughs> middle school teams. I thought Dulles maybe more in the middle. I thought, okay, this this is one we mm-hmm. should be competitive. Well, they start kicking your teeth in. The thing that really just started driving me crazy, and this is for coaches listening, every time after you know my brother played offense primarily, you know, I, I believe you probably did too. You know, it's like every time after we got stopped on offense, they'd walk off the field, and mm. every time I just I just was getting really upset. Um, and I, I thought it was an overall well coached team, you know. But for that, that that one thing just really irked me that, that the players yeah. just walking off the field, heads down, dejected. And I was, I just started fuming and fuming and fuming. And when the game finished, I just left. I didn't say goodbye. <laughs> I got in my car and I started. I had to go back to Sherman. I got in my car. So it was around Huntsville. I got to around Huntsville. You know, my mom calls. You know, she's with my brother now, back at home. He got home from the game, and she's like, "Oh, you want to talk to Ryan?" And I'm, I am pissed. I am, I <laughs> am fuming and, and, you know, um, he, he picks up the phone. Hey Jimmy, you know, and, uh, and I, I just rip into him. Now we have a clean rating and I'm going to keep it that way. So I'm going to say exactly (laughs) what I said, but I I basically said, don't you ever walk on a football field again is what I told him. And I like with a little bit of choice words and a little bit louder than that. And uh, I let him have it. And he leaves in tears. I mean, I, I looking back on it, he's a seventh grader. I mean, I probably, that that maybe it wasn't the best way. I was angry. I was tired from driving all day um my mom gets on like jimmy what did you tell ryan you know like what, what did you do you know and i'm just walking on the field you know <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah but the funny thing is it's the, the point of that story is you know he cra- I and mean, we i we tell that story all the time because he never did it again and i remember mm-hmm. you know when you guys were finishing up your high school careers i was at ridge point we had sub varsity which is really nice as a new school so i could go to your all your varsity games and yeah. I, my brother every single time he ran off the field. And even when the defense would come off the field, he was an offensive lineman. I would see, he would go, he'd run up there and he'd high five the defense as they're coming off the field. And so I will always say that that moment where he got his butt chewed for walking off the field. I think he learned from that. And I think he's just like you, he's a great coach and he's carrying it forward today, but let me talk to you. What what was your memories of Sartarsha? Just how, how was that? How was your middle school experience as you know, as you're progressing on from Pee Wee football? Well, you know, like we said, we didn't we didn't win a whole lot. I think uh, we won one game our eighth grade
1: year. We didn't win any our seventh grade year. And we won yeah. one uh, our eighth grade year. Uh, you know, but it was good. You know, I think, you know, we just kind of connected. And, you know, coming from playing peewee for four years up leading up into that point really helped me make that transition to middle school because, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have experienced middle school football. But, you know, you usually have a lot of kids that have never played football. Mm-hmm. um you know so coming from that peewee learning the fundamentals and those kind of things really helped propel me um through those first two years of middle school even though we weren't winning like you know like I said so um uh, you know and then once we got to Travis you know going from Sartarsha to Travis I think we won I want to say eight games our freshman year so that was more games than I had won peewee all the way yeah. through Sartarsha Um, So that was a big experience, you know, getting that influx of kids um, that we combined with splitting from, um, you know, Sartarsha, you know, because I know you kind of have these in your notes, you know, so I'll talk about it. But, you know, the way Fort Bend is set up, you don't really have a true feeder, you know, because I know some districts set it up, uh, you know, like where I'm currently at. We have a true feeder that all those kids come to Grand Oaks. But Sartarsha's, um, Fort Bend is not set up that way. Uh, So we split between Travis and Austin and then the other middle school that was kind of north of us they split between us and bush um so that's yeah
0: yeah let's talk about that a little bit so you know that new territory community i mean it, it's kind of cool that it's insulated i mean and it's kind of like a sienna plantation or you know you know type in, in a way so your group of your friend group even though you went to two different elementary schools i mean you still were playing peewee football together you went to Sartarsha together so you kind of had a close-knit group but then like you said you were kind of split Uh, Where you know, a good group of your half of your friends that lived on one side of New Territory went to Austin, and us on the other, on the newer side, we went to Travis. So, what was that like? Uh, just to kind of know, I guess in your eighth grade year, everybody kind of knew who was going where, and then as you go into freshman year, and now you're separate and you play Austin as a freshman, and you you know, you said you won that game. So, just just what was that like, splitting off from friends you'd grown up with your whole life?
1: I mean, it was definitely an adjustment. Um, you know, but you know, you meet new people at Travis, you know, I still kind of kept in contact with some of those uh Austin people. But you know it definitely up up that rival you know that game we played Austin every year just because you know you're playing your friends your buddies that you've known forever so that was the game that you know you circled it on your calendar that oh we got to win this game,
0: um, and did you win? Them yeah. all? were you undefeated against Austin? You know I was trying to
1: think about that. I know freshman year we definitely won and seen in our senior year the yeah, two in the middle <laughs> I, I I'm not sure.
0: I think you might've right. pulled off. I think you might've pulled off the sweep, man. So, you know, congratulations yeah. to definitely, you know, to get those <laughs> bragging rights. Um, you you know, your head coach at Travis was Randy Cunningham. Um, you, but you, you, you faced some adversity uh, going through football and they, from what I, and this is just my recollection, you had a major uh, shoulder surgery, I believe going into your senior year and you're kind of rehabbing all the way leading up into that season. So describe what that was like to kind of overcome injury to, to finish out with a great senior year.
1: Yeah, so the shoulder surgery actually was after my freshman year. Oh, Um, okay. But it was weird because I tore my labrum, which is, you know, kind of keeps your shoulder in place from dislocating. And, you know, I had surgery or whatever, so I was coming from that, I guess, the second half of my freshman year. So I missed freshman spring ball because of that surgery. I see. Okay. Um, You know, so that kind of put me a little behind. Um, And then, you know, really, it's just, I think it's just my ligaments. You know, it is what it is, but I just dealt with that throughout high school just sort right. of would come out just random episodes it would just kind of slip out and you know it wasn't painful it would just be sore you know so just something I had to fight through and go f- and go through but um yeah so and then going into senior year uh, you know I, I think the first two games I kind of was like a backup and then that Westville game is the first game that I actually got to start um and then I think I started pretty I think I started a game at every position on the O-line as a senior definitely man wow i did did not know that yeah so definitely i don't know if i would i've all functions, but i definitely started a tackle guard and center at some point uh, throughout my
0: senior year so yeah that's funny because i i feel like i remember that my brother who was a guard also started one game at center i just i feel like there was one game because i I know that that your center josh hernandez i believe got like a concussion or, or needing, you got a, some kind of
1: appendicitis. Appendicitis. What, yeah, that's yeah. right.
0: You get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. <laughs> so that yeah. kind of put you guys in a bind where you were scrambling, and uh you know, I, I wonder that game with Westfield. I mean, obviously, Coach Cunningham, Coach Farmer. You know, your former offensive line coach, who were big. uh Influences in Travis, you know, starting Travis. I know they were at Westfield, Mm -hmm. so that maybe that kind of led you guys drawing that really tough uh, Uh, non-district assignment there. But you know, yeah, you played some really good teams, and in Fort Bend, you know, one guy that you highlighted as really sticking out in your memory was when you played Braylon Addison at Hightower, and I, I definitely remember him too. Again, I was coaching in the district, you know, around that time when you guys are finishing up high school, and so Braylon Addison definitely had that it factor. You know, I mean, I, I really think he's he's definitely at least in the conversation for one of the most electrifying players to ever, you know, come through Fort Bend ISD. Uh, he went on to play star for the Oregon ducks and now he still plays professional football to this day for the Hamilton tiger cats up in Canada. So what was your memory uh, of uh, playing against against a player of that caliber? I mean, like I say, he had the if factor.
1: I mean, he was just silky smooth. I mean, I remember he would just take a snap, just kind of chill there and he would either throw quick or he would just kind of put his foot in the ground and he'd be gone. Um, uh, you know, when we played them, we actually were in the game. I want to say it was, like, 24 or 21-14. I mean, like, we were within a touchdown at halftime of that game. And then, you know, it was pretty much the Brady Addison show uh, in the second half. You know, and they ended up going to state, and they lost to Kenny Hill at South Lake. Um, you know, but, yeah, I mean, he was just electric. I mean, he, he, he was the punter. He was the punt returner, the kick returner. I mean, he did it all. Um, but, yeah, and then it's funny because we actually played – he played for the Cobras, which was another organization in that okay. Fort Benny Football League. So we played him all the way through Pee Wees and all that. And, you know, so he was uh, always beat us. I don't, we, we never actually, I think we beat him his freshman year over there at Hightower. Um, but that was probably the only time we ever beat Braylon Addison. So, yep.
0: And so, that, you know, you, you were somewhat unique. So you were an offensive lineman on the football field. But in, a, in my coaching career, I did see a couple. I remember Reed Curry. Clements was a really good defensive tackle that was a good baseball player as well but as far as offensive linemen because Reed was a defensive lineman I don't see too many offensive linemen that kind of have baseball as their second sport but you did that and again there must have been something in the water your center your good friend Josh Hernandez uh, was also a baseball player might have had something to do with his dad was a legendary baseball coach as well um, but just just talk to us a little bit about uh, playing baseball and, and being an offensive lineman was that was that something that was you, you thought of as unique or it was just what you like doing?
1: It's funny, you know, you look at it now and you say that and now being a coach, you like how oh, that is true. Like you really don't ever see that. Uh, but at the time, I just, you know, that's I just played baseball. And a lot of that comes from my dad. You know, he played baseball growing up and he's a big baseball guy. Um, you know, so that's pretty much all I knew. You know, so I played football and baseball growing up. And then I got to high school and I was like, well, you know, I just try out and keep playing baseball. Uh, but I only played baseball my freshman and sophomore year and then going into my senior year because, um, you know, would have been junior year baseball. I was like, you know what, I'm going to just focus on getting ready for senior year, you know, lift, do all that kind of stuff just so I can have a good senior year. Um, but, yeah, it's funny that you say that, because, like I said, at the time, you know, you just don't even think about it just because that's that's what I played. Um, but, yeah, and I'll say this, Joshua was probably better than me at baseball. But, you know,
0: I think that has to do with his dad. <laughs> Yeah, he got a little bit of a head start on you. Now, hey, Michael Cho is a great baseball coach, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's a Rodney Hernandez. No, 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 Yeah, so that yeah, that, uh, Rodney is obviously one of the one of the great coaches in Fort Bend ISD history for sure. Many, many years leading yeah. programs there in Fort Bend. Um, so you you ended up so you had, you had a great. Sounds like you had a great time at Travis. I know I know Ryan really liked it. it sounds like you really enjoyed Travis. So it seems like you had a great yeah. experience there. You move on to the University of Houston. You studied kinesiology, sports administration. I wanted to ask you, what led to you choosing UH? Because if I remember, I feel like growing up, that y- your dad maybe went to Rice, and you were always, I felt like you were always wearing Rice gear and stuff. So that, what, what, yeah. what changed there? Or, and, and did your dad well, give you a hard time for going to the rival?
1: Well, you know, I think, I think my dad knew I really was not Rice uh, smart. You know, I think, you know, I had a good grade. Yeah, neither, yeah. But, you know, Rice, <laughs> Rice, is, uh, Rice is on its own, its own sure, level up there. Sure. Um, You know, something when I told him I was going to U U of H, I don't think he had too hard of feelings. But, yeah, growing up, uh, I I don't know if I hated U of H. That might be a strong word looking back now. But, yeah, I remember definitely going to games and just not rooting against U of H and rooting for Rice. Um, You know, and today, you know, I still root for Rice. You know, I still have a soft spot for Rice just because, you know, they're kind of the little brother and, you know. As long as they're not playing U of H, I'm always root for Rice and whatever it is. Uh, but, yeah, picking U of H, um, you know, at the time I was coaching like Wee, kind of transitioning into uh, coaching at Pius, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, you know, but my goal, because the first two years at high school, I went to Wharton Junior College because um, I was still trying to figure out, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to go to a four-year because I was also coaching Peewee football, which we'll get to that also. Um, you know, so I wanted to stay local. So I could do that and then kind of start uh, progressing towards getting that degree. And then when the time came, I was like, you know, I'll go to U of H, keep coaching. And then, um, you know, so that's ultimately how I picked U of H. And now, you know, I love the fact that I picked U
0: of H because, you know, they're, they're on the up and up. So. Yeah. And, and I want to give you your flowers and give you a shout out. Cause you're Houston co- to your core, you know, and, I, and we're going to talk about your favorite sports team. You said you're all Houston, but you showed up today. You, you, you brought the team player energy. You matched me. You're wearing a jersey. So I'm oh, wearing absolutely. a Houston jersey. Absolutely. honor you. And I see you're wearing a Rockets jersey. I can't see the number. Yeah. What, what do you got on there? Oh, you know, I had to rock the, the Vince oh, 11 Mad the, Max. The Mad Max jersey. <laughs> oh, my God. Coach Ochi came yeah. in the studio rocking the Vernon Maxwell jersey. That is awesome. Yeah. I had, to, I had to match the
1: team player, the energy, man. You my know, you're rocking jerseys every day. I got to, you know, I said, you know what? I'm going to wear a jersey too. I'm going to match that energy. So.
0: I'm wearing, I'm wearing a Jay Foreman Texans jersey. He was one of the original inside linebackers, played at Nebraska. Uh, he was number 56. My brother, you know, your teammate was number 56 in high school. So that, that's, that was my choice for today. I'm, I'm not the biggest Texans fan, so I don't necessarily have a whole bunch of Texans gear, but I did have this, you know, from the inaugural uh, season there. Yeah. But, uh, no, that that's excellent. Very impressive that you showed up with the Vernon Mad Max, Jerry. Um, I don't know if you're old enough to remember when he went up in the stands in Portland and, and uh, punched the fan. That was <laughs> talking noise to him. But we love Mad Max. And many Rockets fans will tell you, he, I don't know if you want to call him a Jordan stopper, but he is about as mm. close as you can get to that, where he was going to make Jordan work. And if you look back at it, you know, the Rockets did have a winning record against – the Jordan pre-baseball yeah. bulls. So we'll leave it at that. We won't go down that road for today's, <laughs> for today's show. How ex- mm-hmm. And last thing on U of H, how excited are you? Because you mentioned at the end that they're on the up and up. How excited are you to be joining the Power Five? Oh, I'm, I mean, it'll be awesome getting to play, you know, the TCUs, the Baylors. You know, it sucks,
1: you know, Texas conveniently leaves, you know. and then I think they're scared of us. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> go, go, yep. go, go, make, go make your SEC money. But, um, no, I mean, it'll be great. Um, it'll help, definitely help recruiting. Um, especially for basketball. I mean, I think, you know, before last year, I would always say, oh, we're just, we're just a basketball school. Um, you know, but finally Dana's got that thing going. You know, they won 12 games last year, beat Auburn. Um, you know, so definitely joining the Big 12 is going to be helping recruiting. I mean, really, they're just in such a great location. I mean, if they really just put on, you know, the greater Houston area, extended out to, you know, the Beaumont area, that Golden Triangle area, you know, I think sky's the limit. There's no reason why we can't be, you know, win 10 plus games a year, uh football wise and then, you know, basketball. I mean, we all know how great Calvin Sampson is. So
0: absolutely. And that, you know, we don't want to go too far off track, but that I love Kelvin Sampson that the way that he he's coaching defense. He's getting yeah. guys that believe and want to be a part of that. And so that's why we're able to kind of reload even with you know our top two scorers in the backcourt go down this year. And I'm not yeah. going to say we didn't miss a beat, but we pretty i think in my opinion we exceeded expectations i say we no. i didn't go to u of h but i i also grew up as a rice fan so did my brother but then at, now that i'm living here I, i'm really getting into it i bought season tickets for several u of h sports so it's it is an exciting time uh down there on scott street so let's talk about about the youth football so this is something kind of unique about you you know i've interviewed several coaches i i think you're the first that really started at the youth level. I mean, uh, Cirillo Ojeda told us how much coaching middle school football improved him. I remember if you remember that episode of coach Ojeda yeah. in high school, mm-hmm. when he told the kid in the tackling drill to get on the ball after a fumble, he sat on it like a, a mother hen protecting <laughs> an egg. And <laughs> so that's when, that's when he learned that, Hey, somebody yeah. like, like you mentioned, Steven, some of these kids have, have never played football. So he said that made him a better coach to be aware mm-hmm. of that and to, to really coach, to meet kids where they're at. But, Let's talk about that. So you, 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 you said you're helping out the New Territory Knights, which you've been a part of for a long time, but you also were a part of the Fort Bend Express uh, Select Spring League for 7th and 8th graders before you went to St. Pius. So just what did you gain from that? Again, it's a little bit of a unique path, but I think there's definitely a lot of value in that. So just for coaches listening, I mean, what was the advantage yeah. of kind of going the youth route first?
1: Uh, well, you know, so I started, you know, I coached the freshman level, which was, like I said, second and third graders. And I actually started when I was a senior in high school, um, you know, so I was like, you know, I've known probably since the beginning of high school, I was like, Hey, you know, I realized, Hey, I'm ten, probably not gonna play in the NFL. Um, so how can I stay in football and do that? And coaching um, was where, you know, and there's a lot of coaches around me. You were one of them, coach farmer, yeah. that, you know, that really pushed, you know, that I was like, you know, Hey, that's, that's cool. Like I want to be a coach. Um, so then senior year, um, you know, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do post high school. And my dad was like, hey, why don't you go see if you can go help coach the Knights? I said, all right, cool. So I went up there, talked to the coach and they were like, hey, uh, this freshman staff, you know, they have a spot, you know, you can kind of help. And, you know, obviously playing football. So they were like, you know, we know your schedule is going to be a little here and there, but whenever you can show up and help, you know, fill in. And, uh, you know, fell in love with it, fell in love with the kids. And, you know, it was just great getting them when they're that young. Never played football, starting at the ground level. They just, you know, those bad habits that you see, they just don't have any because they have played, mm-hmm. you know, so you can really build them from the ground up. Um, so that was my senior year. And then the next year, it w- there's a split because the second and third graders. So those third graders will move up to the next level. And then those second graders will play at that level again. Um, and the head coach's son was in second grade. So he was going to stay at the freshman. There wasn't a head coach for that team moving up. And they were like, why don't you do it? And I was like, me, like head coach, like just graduated high school, 18, 19 years old. And they were like, yeah, why not? The kids love you, you know, all that. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And, you know, so that led to me just saying, you know, I'll just go to Warden, take some, college, take some um, college credit and see like, you know, if this coaching thing's for real, if it's really for me, if I love it. Um, you know, so I did that for two years with the head coach. Um, I want to say we were around 500. Um, Which is traditionally
0: so, historically better. I mean, that, that's better than the Knights yeah. typically trends. That's a really good job. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, obviously, you know, we didn't win the championship, but, you know, having 500, getting those kids, um, you know, growing and developing in the sport was big for me. Um, and then after that, after the second year that uh, one of the coaches of the older team coached the Fort Bend Express, which uh, is like a spring select league for seventh and eighth graders. Um, so I got involved in that and then ended up being the head coach of that uh, one of those teams for two years and you know we actually won two state championships in those two years if you can call it a state championship sure, yeah, so man. we you know we had our houston Put little league and <laughs> yeah so we had a we had a houston league and a dallas league and then you know the two winners would play each other uh, you know so we had a lot a lot better players than you know you always say so not always the x's and o's but jimmy's and the joe's sure. so yep. you know my yeah. forbidden express team was uh you know a lot better and then um uh, transitioning. So they would always do a coach's clinic for that Fort Bend express before the season for all the teams in the league. And it, you know, the two years I was there, it was at St. Pius, um, you know, so they would, you know, it wasn't just St. Pius guys. It was, you know, all guys that would come and talk and um, you know, Pius got up, the Pius got uh, coach Blake Ware got up there and, you know, he would do his his presentation or whatever. And I was like, dang, you know, why don't, why don't I go see if I can just, you know, get in high school that way. Um, you know, kind of get my foot in the door so that way when I do graduate high school or not high, excuse me college, when I do graduate college, you know, I'll have a foot in the door and I can have some, you know, I'll just kind of be a leg up basically. Um, so that's actually a funny story. So I emailed him, you know, hey coach, um, you know, seeing if you had a spot, you know, I can volunteer, you know, yada, yada, yada. And uh, he emails me like yeah, you absolutely come in an interview. So I went in an interview. And then he calls me like the next day. He's like, Hey, um, you know, we'll give you a spot. And those first two years at Pius, I actually volunteered, didn't get paid anything going to U of H. Um, but then a week after that interview, just chilling at a buddy's house, scrolling through Twitter. And it's like head coach of St. Pius at Blake Ware accepts OC job at new Canyon high school. And I was just like, Oh, so what does that mean for me? And I just kind of had like a, Oh, well now what am I going to do? I don't know if I still have a job. You know, I have no idea. Um, so then, you know, they end up hiring a new head coach, which was uh coach Stephen Hill. Emailed him, kind of told him the situation. He said, Yeah, come in and come in, you know, we'll talk. And then luckily, you know, he gave me the same little volunteer job coaching the sub varsity. Um, but yeah, I was a crazy little two week stretcher. I was just kind of like in limbo of like, oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do now. So, but
0: well, no, I think, I think it's great, you know, and I mean, I'm so, that, that really, that meant a lot to me that you, you listed me as a coaching, uh, you know, mentor. Uh, I, I didn't even really view it that way, but I really appreciate that. I'm so proud of you and my brother, you know, there's all these kids that I've kind of, Preston Rambo was not of one of your youth football players yeah. be, become a coach and doing a great job. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's more um, that I, I'm not even thinking of off the top of my head, but just really, that's really cool to see. I'm just so proud of all, all you guys. So you, you get there, you started St. Pius and I, I know that this was before you got there, but there was a man named Robin Kirk who was a long time head coach at Pius. I don't know if, if you got to know him at all, but I came across coach Kirk when he was a head football coach at Austin high school in HISD. And mm-hmm. this was a school that had a long tradition of, of, of struggle, you know, and they were, and he came in there and he really got to going. he got a bunch of, a really good assistants in there, uh, like Sergio Gonzalez and uh, James Soria. You know, and he, he, they got it kind of, they got it really rocking and rolling. And I was the head coach at Aldine at the time, and so we would we'd meet up and we would do lineman challenges together and things like that. And I always just liked Coach Kirk. Really cool yeah. story. It's a former police officer came to St. Pius, and then he's you know he's over at at uh, at, uh, Houston, at uh, Austin in HISD, and unfortunately he passed away you know a couple years ago. So you know, rest in peace coach Kirk, but uh, he, he was, he was a real one. You know, he was great. All, the, all of his assistants loved him. They always had the best things to say about him, but you know, so you get the, you get the pious. You, you, you showed me this clip. Okay. So uh, you guys had a knack for going viral. I found out because it started with your coach, Stephen Hill, who you mentioned with his sick dance moves after a big mm-hmm. win in the locker rooms, so that kind of got, got you some run, but then you got this 12 play, 12 lateral, 12 lateral last play in the closing seconds of a playoff game. That you're able to house it. You house it. You score. But yeah. it is called back by a block in the back. So I guess the first question that all everybody wants to know is, was it a block in the back?
1: Unfortunately, I think it, it probably was a block in the back. You know, some, some of those block in the backs are on the side. And you're like, eh, I think this one was actually in the back. So I, unfortunately. I,
0: I, no I had to count, watch it a couple so. times, you know, because was, I was watching on my phone, which you sent to me, and I couldn't really see it. But then I was like, it's actually kind of towards the beginning of the play. Yeah, I was yeah, expecting something actually, like yeah. towards the end, like right when you're about to break it, but it's it's kind of unfortunate yeah. at the beginning. So I don't know if the guy w- really would have even made the play, but I would agree that yes, you know, by the letter of the yeah. law, that's a block <laughs> in the back. But really, first of all, the most amazing thing to me, and again, it's hard to see on my phone, but I thought I saw one of your linemen just high point a football like he's Odell Beckham Jr. And then, and not only did he high point and get the ball on one of the laterals, he then threw a nice pass to keep the play alive. Do you remember which lineman that was? I actually don't. If I mean, I'd have to go back and look, you at, have it to look at it. Watch it again. There, there is one lateral where actually a lineman catches it and he, and he doesn't just catch mm. it. He high points it. And I thought that yeah. was amazing. Really kind of a, I'm sure you've watched that film many, many times. Some of the pursuit from some of the defensive linemen, a lot of the players on, from uh, the other team was really yeah. lacking. I know their coaches probably had to really rip into those guys, but <laughs> they, they avoided, they avoided disaster. But I got to ask, you go from it's the last play of the game too. keep that in mind. Yeah. So you go from that euphoria of like, Oh my God, we're going to do it. We scored. And then you look back and there's a flag. My yeah. first question is since the flag happened early, did you see the flag happen early to where you kind of knew, Oh no, this is coming back. Or was it that you're celebrating, you're going nuts. We scored. And then you, it's one of those things where you turn back. Oh no, there's a flag. Yeah. So I was actually in the box
1: for that game. Um, so we saw the flag like when it came out and oh. we were all kind of like, uh. You know, so we weren't really excited. I mean, it was cool watching it or whatever, but at the same time, you're like, mm, it's not even going to count. You do. Yeah. But it was actually on the other team's sideline. So I our sideline and stands were going, uh, you know, but yeah. I mean, they were going crazy, yeah. you know, because they thought we had just won, um, you know, and then of course, once they call it, you know, the boos and all that, but yeah. So like I said, I didn't get to actually get the excitement because we all saw the flag and we were kind of yeah. like, oh, well. But, you know, it is is what it is.
0: If you haven't seen this play, just Google it. I'm sure if you do St. Pius lateral, you you probably can find it. I think that's what I Google. It's an incredible play. It really is. And then what was the locker room like for those kids to go from thinking you just made the play of the year to getting it called back? And then that's it. Right. I mean, that's it, game over. Right. So what was the locker room like at that point?
1: I mean, it was, I mean, you know, for all the coaches out there, I mean, you've seen how it's like the last game of the year, whether it's the last regular season game or the playoff game. I mean, it was no different than that. I mean, kids crying, melting down, especially the kid that did the block on the back,
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, because he knew like, wow, that was, you know, if I don't do that, like we would the game. And he, that kid, unfortunately was a senior, uh, you know, so it, it hurt him the hardest. Yeah. And I think everybody was kind of upset and then they saw him and they were like, I got to go comfort my teammate." You know what I mean? Cause like he, he was really hurting, um, you know, so that was good to see. But um, you know, the, the funny thing about that team is there was a lot of kids on that team that were not seniors. So, I mean, like we had a few seniors in some key spots, but majority of them were going to come back as juniors. So I remember me, I kept saying like, Hey, remember this, remember this, remember this, remember this, um, you know, go get it next year. Like, don't let, don't be in this situation next year, like leave no doubt and win your games and do what you need to
0: do. So, you know, we don't have to experience this um next year so but after St. Pius you, you get back into the public school realm and you start your 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 I guess full-time coaching career now at uh at Clear Lake High School a good friend of mine a guy that I really love Larry McRae uh just a, a great guy former offensive lineman for Baylor um just what was it like working under Coach McRae and being a part of the Falcon football program
1: uh, you know, that was a good experience. That was, you know, like I said, my first job in public school. So, that was the first time I was teaching. So, I had been at Pius yeah. for three years. Um, I had coached Peewee, you know, I think four years before that. Um, so, But now I'm actually, like you said, full-time teaching and doing all that. So, that was an adjustment teaching-wise. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, you know, Coach McCray was awesome. Uh, you know, he gave me my first, I guess, varsity job. I was the varsity receivers coach at, uh, at Clear Lake. Um, you know, so I always – you know, respect Coach McCray. but you know, The biggest thing about him is, you know, if you see him, you know, he's like six seven. I mean, he's a huge guy, and you're like, oh, he's probably intimidating, and yeah, you know, the scream, the anger. But you know, he's laid back. You know, he's relaxed. He never, like you guy. know, he's the he's he's the guy that's never too high and never too low. Um, you know, so when things were going good, he was he was good about keeping everybody level headed. You know, not getting a, too big of a head. And then when things were bad, he was the guy that was picking everybody up and making sure you know, you stay that level head, um, you know, and then the big thing about him was he he really let his coaches coach, you know, and I think me being a young coach at the time, my first varsity um, position job, I think that was big for me, just knowing like, okay, I don't have this guy on my back, I'm just breathing down my neck, trying, oh, what's the, what's the new guy doing, you know, he just really was allowed me to coach, and, you know, you know, yeah, I made mistakes, but, you know, he was there to coach me, coach me through that, and, you know, help me get better as a young coach, and learn, um, you know, learn the ropes of, the public school, you know, cause it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's still football, but it's different, you know, cause now you're having to juggle the teaching aspect of it, you know, and all that other stuff. But, you know, I enjoyed my time there and I, I enjoyed working with Coach McCray. What do you teach? I don't think I've ever asked you this. Oh, social studies. I have social okay. studies composite. So I mainly taught world history. And then this year
0: I'm actually doing uh government. So. Hey, that's where it's at. I My favorite class to teach is government and econ. And I, I taught some yeah. sociology, which was an elective and had upper. Class. I, I, I also, I liked either the freshmen or the seniors. is kind of what I liked. Yeah. You know, I taught world geography a lot. That was fun too. It's kind of fun being around freshmen, but I, I really enjoyed the seniors, uh, the government econ. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I think a good government econ teacher is able to keep those kids pushing through the end when they don't want to do it anymore. And I, yeah, I, I feel like coaches are uniquely equipped for that, or we have a, you typically have a good rapport with the kids. So we're able to get them to just not shut it down. Mm-hmm. Right. We keep them moving, yeah. keep them, you know, stay, stay busy, keep them learning a little bit. And so I'm glad you, you have that position. And so now I believe that you're at Grand Oaks high school under Dr. Michael Jackson uh, is the head coach there. My good friend, James Hyam, I believe is at Grand Oaks and he's mm-hmm. the head girls track coach, which I just saw on Facebook. They had, they had a really successful uh, district or area meet, you know, where, wherever they're at. And yeah. I, I know he's, he was great. He was my defensive backs coach uh, at all yeah. high school when I was there. So just first of all, tell me about coach Hyam a little bit. How, how have, you, have you gotten to interact with him a lot? And, and uh, cause he's a great guy. Yeah. I always love coach Hyam. Yeah uh you know he's a great guy
1: you know he's he's character uh he yes yeah, so, but yeah he coaches um, our safeties um you know at Grand Oaks and uh you know and our special teams and you know I'm sure all the coaches listen either you love special teams or you hate special teams I don't think there's I don't think there's a middle ground special teams and it seems to be if you're special teams corner you love it and all the other coaches hate it oh he loves but it. you know it's one of, <laughs> oh he lo- he loves special teams he loves and special one of those teams team- he loves
0: pole vault that's one. That's the yes. things I remember about
1: Drew yes. Hyams. Yep. Yes, 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 and and um, you know, and that's the thing. You know, it's funny about special teams. Like, you know, you were a coach, and you know, all the coaches that listen. It's like when that special teams comes, you're always like, Ugh. but in your mind, you're like, but we got to do it because it's you know, it's so important. Sure. You know, and and um, but yeah. So you know, I like Coach time, You know, he's a good guy, a great guy. Um, you know, and like you said, his girls. You know, Grand Oaks girls track just they won district, and then they just won the area meet uh, third this past Thursday. So you know yeah they're
0: going yeah no really great athletics there i think i did a, i've been doing you know broadcasting around the city i think i did a uh uh grand oaks girls soccer games i remember it's boys or girls soccer but the soccer programs are really rocking and rolling too and you're early on and so you know i had the unique experience of starting at ridge point so i was there when it opened i don't. I guess you probably weren't quite there when it actually opened i guess it was already you know, a couple of years you know of existence and you yeah. came in but it's still new ish yeah, right the first yeah yeah, so the first year I got there was the first year they had
1: seniors. Okay. So I didn't. I wasn't. I was. So they started with freshmen, sophomores, and they got juniors, and then I came. The third year was open, which is when the first year they had seniors, um, and it was also the first year that we were in like an actual real district, um, because previously they were playing the outlaw varsity schedule kind of thing, playing mm-hmm. all all over the place, playing whoever they can play. Um, but yeah, the stories I've heard from you know our OC and everything about opening that school, it's not something that I would envy um you know i think looking back at it i was like oh that'd be cool to start this program and do all that but then you hear the stories and you're like because you i mean you have nothing you know i think you know you get you get places and you kind of just take things for granted like oh yeah we have these dummies and these pop-up shields that are here you know they may be old the condition might
0: but they're there
1: when you start a new school you have nothing there's nothing there
0: i'm glad you brought that up Stephen, because that's actually really good you brought that up let's talk about this we talked a little bit about uh, being at a new school in episode seven of ben moran because he was at tomball memorial as a player when it opened but i would say being at ridge point at new school it's a generally favorable experience i liked it because of the fact that you get to set your culture right that that's the yeah. plus. but you are absolutely right everything you just named are big hurdles that new schools face and that was one of the things i think is ridge point's been really successful in fort bend really for mm-hmm. most of the time in varsity play coach Sniffin. Yeah. Well, the head coach, former head coach there, he's now at Belden. He'll tell you, people have no idea how bad we were the first year. Like, cause yeah. it, it really, we didn't have anything. You're trying to fill out a, a small a limited coaching staff. You, you know, uh, we had a lot of young coaches like myself just continuing to to get better and better. Um, the players, you know, we were in a situation where our, our first seniors, they weren't going to play varsity until they were seniors. So that's a tough yeah. pill to ask when you have kids coming from Elkins or Hightower that could be varsity players there and they have to, then go back to play mm-hmm. JV ball. And so we had yeah. some kids that were able to stay at those campuses. So what, what we, what we received that first year was a really small roster. We basically had to go door to door and recruit every able-bodied, you know, person that wanted yeah. to play. And uh, so you're right, man, you know, and that's, a, so yeah, you know, sometimes I frame it like, Oh, it must be great to start a new school. Cause it is good overall. You can set the culture, but you're right. There's a lot of mm-hmm. hurdles that people don't see. And you're absolutely, you're absolutely right about that. So um what's your experience been? I mean, I think it's really cool that you're a former offensive lineman, but I you mean, know, looking at your resume, you've coached receivers and now you're coaching running backs. I think that's awesome. And I think that like, I was an offensive lineman, most of my playing career. And then I moved over to the defensive side. And I think that was a plus, like, I, I always think it's great for coaches to continue to coach as many different positions or sides of the ball, you know, c- continue to expand past your, your level of comfort or knowledge. So what's that yeah. been like for you? I know that good running backs love their offensive linemen and vice versa. And so that those two positions are actually really intertwined, but what's it been like being a former lineman and coaching mostly you've coached skill, you've coached skill kids most of your career.
1: Yeah. So it really goes back to St. Pius actually. Uh, You know, so I was doing sub varsity it was me and another guy were doing like sub varsity offense and he was an O line guy. And so the head coach basically like, Hey, I need you to learn a new offense and you're going to coach all the skill kids. And I was like, Okay, I've never taught skill. I never coached skill kids, but all right. Um, and then, you know, that I just, I, I was there for three years. I learned, I learned, you know, a lot from Coach Hill, you know, and I really kind of focused in on receivers. And that's kind of how I got to clear late coaching receivers, um, you know, and now coaching running backs. But you know, I think me being an O lineman, there's things, you know, when you, you know, cause O line play and how it works and, you know, cause it's very, you know, if you've never coached O line, it's like, you just don't, you kind of just take it for granted almost. You know, like, oh, just block those guys. You know, but there's a lot more that goes into it and me playing O line, having that background, I think really has helped me because I can be a little bit more technical as far as like, OK, if we're running zone or power or whatever the case is, this is how it's going to block. You know, this is how it's going to end up looking like these linemen should do this. He's going to pull, you know, and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I think it's you know, I can convey that to the running backs in a way that if you didn't play O line. You don't have a deep understanding of the O line. You can't you know, you can explain it and you can still be a great coach um but it's just kind of a different side you know a different way of looking at things um so yeah and it's it's funny that you say that you know I've only coached skill kids and I get that question all the time from kids they just assume I played running back or they assume you know and I'm like no I played a line. and like well, why do you coach running backs and like well I mean because when you get a job and they say hey you're going to coach skill kids and that's all you've caught and it's all you coach it's all you know so um uh, you know but I've definitely learned a lot you know over the five years and you know, it's, it's those experiences you have as a player, you know, obviously I don't have any running back experiences, you know, so I always ask my running backs to always say, you know, did you see the hole? Cause you know, I can't, I can't be mad at you if you didn't see the hole or, you know, you didn't see the cutback lane. So it's just more of, Hey, when we get in the film, like I'm going to show you and then kind of go that way, you know, cause I didn't play running back, you know, so it's just one of those things where I can't get mad at you because I don't know what you're seeing. You know, whereas an O-lineman, you can coach them differently because you were there. I've been in, you know, you've been in the trenches and you've done all that. And you're like, you know, I think you can, it's just different. It's kind of just a different way of coaching is how I look at it.
0: You know, I, I started this podcast because coaches were always my heroes growing up at Austin High School, you know, where I went. I actually went to your rival. I, I guess I would have went to Travis, but it went, didn't exist at the time uh, there in the late 90s, early 2000s when I was coming through high school. But I just wanted to highlight the positive impact that coaches make on our communities and for young people. And, you know, as much as I love athletics, and you, you'll you catch me at a game and pretty much every weekend. I'm somewhere watching a game or, or broadcasting a game. I do see some stuff that worries me in athletics. I see some interactions between parents and coaches or parents and officials or officials and coaches and things like that. I mean, there's, sometimes it's too much negativity. And mm-hmm. so for, I hope that I really, my goal is that, yes, I, know, I understand a lot of coaches are going to listen to this podcast, but I really want, I would like the parents also to listen. Cause I want them to see how great that these coaches are, you know? So for, for any parents that are listening, you know, that just want the good parents, the quote unquote, bad parents that maybe take it too far at the end of the day, they all just love their babies and they want what's best for them. So if yeah. you could talk to a parent who just wants the best for their kid, what would you tell them to, to give their kid the best possible athletic experience? Uh, I would say for me, I would
1: probably, I would really just stress support you know, like support the coaches, support, you know, your child and all that, because I think a lot of times, you know, we as coaches try to instill, you know, these handful of, these handful of like, you know, pillars and discipline and all this kind of stuff. And then if they, when they get home, if it's not reinforced or if it's talked negatively about, you know, now the kids kind of in this dilemma of like, well, do I listen to my parents or do I listen to my coaches? You know, so now they have to kind of weigh that. And I think really just supporting the coaches, supporting the message, you know, they're bringing because every coach is not, you know, it's all about discipline. It's all good things that you would want your child to experience and go through, Um, you know, so there's no reason why you shouldn't support it. And I think the biggest thing also is like it's not it's not always about little Jimmy has to be playing. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot more that you can learn from football. You know, like me, like I didn't play varsity until I was a senior um you know and you know before I was kind of like you know I didn't really want to talk about that just because you know I think so many coaches now like oh you know they played three years on varsity they played in college and you know but not every kid has that experience you know so me not playing varsity till senior year I just think a kid nowadays it's like you know I think the parents like well why aren't you playing and the coach and I don't doesn't like you or the coach this the coach that and it's like I don't think no coach is ever going to you know, all coaches want to play the best player, you know, so if you're working hard and you're doing the things that you're supposed to do, like you're going to play, there's no, there's no favorites, you know, I think, you know, coaches always joke like, yeah, my favorite kids are the best kids, you know, the kids that help us win. Like we're trying to win games and that's kind of the ultimate. but we're also trying to teach, you know, all these other things that matter. And, you know, and I think football is such a great game because, uh, you know, it teaches so much that that you can learn about life, you know, because life is not just always going to be like, Oh, you didn't get your way. So go quit and do something else. You know, I think football is perfect for that because, you know, yeah, you're not going to start all the time or, you know, you may lose, and you know, things might not go your way, but how do you fight through that and face adversity? And I think that, you know, and that just goes, like I said, supporting, supporting the coaches and supporting what they're trying to instill in your kids, because ultimately it will pay off if they make it through the four years and they stick with it, like they will be a better person at the end of it. You know, you just kind of have to trust that process.
0: Man, I, lo- I love that you brought that up, Stephen. you know, about not playing varsity till your senior year. Um, you know, coach again, coach Ben Moran, who was episode seven, he actually played division three football and he actually made the decision to f- basically forego his senior year of eligibility to join the coaching staff. And that, you know, he told that story of how he knew he, he was fifth, sixth on the depth chart. He wasn't going to be able to help the team that way, but he-, he knew he wanted to coach and he wanted to get started, he jumped started in his career. So he did that. You know, and in the same token, like, I think just because, just if you're not a star three-year letterman, three-year starter, all-district, all-conference, like, that doesn't preclude you from being a great coach. And Mm -hmm. I think back to my coaching career, some of the proudest things that we had at Ridgepoint were players like yourself. I remember a couple kids at Ridgepoint, we had a couple, you know, in a row on the offensive line that they played, you know, like, sophomore team and they played jvb as a junior and then they made it finally as a senior and they end up starting and being contributors for us and like you said it's like trusting the program you know because mm-hmm. every kid's going to develop differently some are late bloomers some overcome injuries you know and so that that's a good mark of a good program is when you have kids like that that just stay committed they don't they don't get upset because they didn't make the varsity They just follow the process and they're able to be successful like you were able to do and you that's a successful senior season that you helped the team by playing every single utility position on the offensive line. That's not easy to do. Yeah. So that's really cool. I'm glad you brought that up. And speaking of being, you know, t- talking to parents, you're going to be a parent. Uh, I haven't had the pleasure of, of really getting to visit with your wife too much. I met her, I think, at my brother's wedding, kind of briefly. Uh, 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 Tierra, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes. It's, it's yes. See so you and Tierra, you know, uh, been happily married, and then you, you also, but you, I saw on social media that you're you're welcoming a child to the world. So congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it's funny because she's actually going to be born in September, right in the middle of football. So, you know, we, wow, okay, that was going to be so. one of my questions.
0: <laughs> that's always, that's always tough. Yep. That's always yeah. tough. I mean, obviously, you know, my, uh, you know, it, 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 it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. During, during football season. So, um, okay. And I guess last, last question that we like to ask is just, you know, I well, you kind of shared it, but you know, I, I was going to ask you as a, how about I want to talk about this, Stephen? You kind of alluded to it, but like, let's say you're you're a player, you're you're a young high school athlete listening, and you didn't mm-hmm. make the varsity. You know, you 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 got the news yeah. at the end of spring ball. Spring we're going spring ball. You get the news at the end of spring ball. Like you didn't you didn't make the varsity. You're going to be a, your junior on JV. What would you tell that kid? You know, to what would you tell that kid to help them maximize their potential? I mean, I would say every every day that you go to practice. I mean, you're
1: you know because. Even though you're not on varsity, you're still technically like one play away, you know, because I know like us, you know, at Grand Oaks and just in my coaching, you know, if, if we have an injury to a varsity guy like that next week or that, you know, that weekend going to the game plan, like we're looking at everybody, not just the guys on varsity, the guys on JV, you know, so you never know like when your number could get called. So keep working and everything and preparing like you could be on varsity that next week. And I think it's so there's so much fluidity as the season goes, like you never know, you know, you could start on JV and end up on varsity. you know, and then if you don't work, it could be vice versa. Um, you know, so I think just staying ready and just not letting it get you too down and just kind of taking it as a potential growth and, you know, basically just take make the most of that opportunity. And, you know, like when I played on JV, you know, I had fun playing JV because it's not as, you know, I think. When you get to varsity, you know, obviously it's still fun and everything, but it's more of a win at all, you know, it's about winning and it's more like a business at that point, you know. But and some varsity, it's about you and just having fun and developing and playing, you know, and really just enjoying it, you know, because there's not, you know, the bands and everything, you know, the halftime is only five minutes. It's not 15 minutes, you know. This is a different game. So I think just trusting the pride and just enjoying it because, like I said, you know, like and like you said, you know, everybody develops differently. You know, because going into your senior year, like me, you know, you could just make that decision, like I'm going to just bust it and just, you know, like nobody's going to outwork me so that when I do get my chance as a senior, I'm ready for it and I can take advantage of it. And, you know, that's ultimately what I ended up doing, Um, you know, in that Westville game, that was my first game that I started. Um, And then, you know, I was able to play the rest of the year, just, you know, spot playing this guy would go down or, you know, this guy would be struggling and they'd slide me in and just, you know fit me in but and that goes back to being a junior and a sophomore getting eight just learning everything you know learning what the center does the guard does the tackle does because I think a lot of kids just focus on them as opposed as opposed to learning everything so now you know you just want to add to
0: your value as a player you know
1: what what you can do so
0: that, that's really cool and, and you got to have your senior year playing alongside of two of your best friends you know my brother and Josh Hernandez and I know that uh pretty soon Josh is going to be getting married. I know you guys are all going to reconnect and have a good time uh, down here celebrating that. So just, just, that's what I love. That's what I love about teams and sports is, you know, all these years later, 10 years later, I guess, you know, you guys are still, you're still uh, bound at the hip and you're still buddies and you're still, you know, doing that. Um, I got to ask you one last, you know, you mentioned how fun sub varsity was on the baseball side. I'm just curious who was your coach when you played uh, freshman and sophomore baseball, Travis? Uh, So it's actually
1: funny actually, Josh's dad, Coach Hernandez was actually Hernandez was coach the, coach. Okay. the first two years. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Just so. yeah, I wasn't sure, you know, where you fell in the timeline. I saw uh, Mike Paul recently retired. I know he'd been coaching uh sub varsity yeah. baseball at Travis, you know, many years. I didn't know if, if you guys had had come across each other. Um okay, here we are. Now we're to everybody's favorite part of the show. We're gonna play the start bench cuts. You know, when I asked you what you're and for new listeners, you know, start bench cut, basically start bench or cut these three players that i give you so basically you're ranking them in order of one two three you know um i always ask the the guests who their favorite teams are and then i create start bench cuts based upon upon that so you told me houston teams all day and you said weirdly the miami hurricanes now i gotta admit i collect jerseys i have over 200 jerseys it's a problem but it's all that i do i don't golf i don't (laughs) hunt or fish i have no hobbies all i do my only money that i spend is on jerseys um i don't have miami hurricanes jersey so i was kind of angry at myself So I did. Don't tell my wife. Everyone listen. Don't tell my wife. I'm going to be a dad soon, and I, I promised her I'd stop spending money on jerseys because now I just spend it on my, you know, child. But uh, I had to go back one more time to eBay, and I had to get. A, I'm going to get a Ray Lewis orange, you know, throwback Miami Hurricanes jersey. So it's coming, yeah. but I don't have it for today. Um, but let's let's go ahead and start with the U edition. We're going to play a little bit of running back U. I want you to do a start bench cut. Clinton Portis, Frank Gore, Edgerrin James. Honorable mention to Willis McGahey. just—I had to narrow it down to three, but we're going to go Clinton. Start bench cut. Clinton Portis, Frank Gore, Edgerin James. Hmm. It's funny that you honorable mention Willis McGahee because he's probably my favorite of those Let, four. Let's. You want to take out Gore?
1: Sure, we'll take we can out, do that. Actually, I, yeah, I, I was that. You, and you know them let's better than me.
0: You know them better than let's me. I that. was just trying to you know off my memory, but let's do yeah. that. So let's go Clinton Portis, Willis McGahee, Edger and James.
1: So, I'm going to have to start McGahee, you know, like I said. Okay. Um, and then I'll probably bench Portis and then cut uh, Edwin James. That's probably, okay. probably how I would do it.
0: And tell me why. Because, so. I mean, I saw a lot of debate. I, was, I researched a bit online because, like, I wanted to. I always try to be prepared. I'm not a Miami fan. I just remember they were all good. There was a lot of debate out of Portis, McGahee, Gore, who really was the best. So, yeah. yeah you tell me, why, why did McGahee rise to the top for you?
1: Well – for me, I guess I would say I had a Willis McGehee jersey. That was my first Miami <laughs> so jersey. So a fan. Yeah. So, so I'm a fan. And then also, yeah. you know, I think they win that 0-2 National Championship game if he doesn't have that injury. Sure. So, you know. Okay. But yeah, that's for me. But, yeah, it's actually a funny story how I liked – or how I ended up liking Miami. Yeah, uh, I want to know that. You know. So – the first football game that I really remember like sitting down and watching was actually that fiesta bowl. And partially it was because the time, the company that my dad was working for at the time, actually he got to go to that game. Um, Cause you know, his client, whatever, whatever the case was, he got to go to that game. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna, like, you know, and looking back now, like, that's really like the first memory I have of actually watching a game. And like, you know, I'd watched football before that, but sure. I really remember that game. Um, and I was like, you know, watching the pregame or whatever and I was like well Miami's number one so I'll just root for them and then uh you know the game goes I'm sure everybody's heard about that game you know Miami did win the game but you know it's whatever it is what it is but the funny thing is my dad told me about that game is like the game was over I mean like they shot the fireworks like they did everything and then here's this flag sitting there um you know but unfortunately the first game I ever watched it then they lost and then you know you could say it's probably downhill I guess you know the downturn of Miami was really when I became a fan. I guess you could say. So I was going to ask you because,
0: like every year, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, how people like are saying like Texas is back, right? Like it's it's one of those things. Like yeah. Miami, they're always trying to like get some hype going around the program. Show show replays of the uh, the e 60 E W or you know. So, mm-hmm. what do you feel about the state of the program? Do you, are you the coaching um, change? I mean, are you excited? Do you feel like they're finally going to get kind of get over the hump and return to national prominence, or do you you, you still feel a little pessimistic? Uh, you know, I think I'm feeling good
1: about it. And, you know, I, you know, coach Cristobal, that was the guy that they wanted, uh, you know, and they actually got him. you know, I think previously they always talk about, Oh, we should you know, they're going to get this guy, this, you know, whoever, and then like, it never actually happens, you know? So they got, they actually got the guy that they wanted. Um, you know, so I think things, things I hope are on the lookup, but, you know, I think with them, I just, you know, you can't, you can't ever be too high because, you know, they've had a couple of years here and there where they'll they'll be good. But overall, I think it's just, they got to they gotta show it to me that they're really back, you know,
0: so. And if they come into TDECU Stadium in a non-conference game one year, I mean, are you, are you rooting for the Cougars or are you rooting for the Canes?
1: Mm, that's tough. I'm, pro- I'm probably rooting for U of H now. But it's okay. funny, I actually went, they actually played at Reliant, I want to say like 05, maybe 06. And I went to that game and rooted for Miami, so,
0: you know. Okay, so we did running backs for Miami since you've co- you're have you now coach running backs and then you have your receiver roots from St. Pius and Clear Lakes. So I got another one for you. I think I know which way you're going to go with this. I have a feeling who you're going to start, but let's go <laughs> with, with the next start bench cut. We got the playmaker Michael Irvin. Now many people think he's the best to ever come through Miami. Let's put that out yeah. there. We've got Andre Johnson. You know, I'm, I'm thinking you might have a little something to say about that. And then you've got, we got Reggie Wayne, who was a great receiver for the, you know, the rival Colts, but he was also a great mm-hmm. receiver at Miami. So start bench cut, Michael Irvin, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne. I mean, I got to start Andre. I mean,
1: that's, that's my boy. That. He should, he should, <laughs> in my opinion, he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer, but you know, he should get an Hall of Fame. Um, you know, that's my boy. You know, obviously was awesome that he got drafted by the Texans and had the career that he did you know, capped off with, you know, whooping Gordon Finnegan, you know, that was, that's the highlight to me, from right. Andre Johnson. But, you know, the biggest thing that sticks out about him to me is that he was just a quiet guy and just showed up and performed, you know, he was, you know, I think you look at receivers now and they're the divas and, you know, it's all about me and it's all a big show and dancing and all that. And Andre was just like, not just give the ball and I'll run you over, yeah. you know, so that, 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 you know, that's why he's, I'm going to start him. Um, the next two, you know, I like Michael Irvin, but I hate the Cowboys. Okay, <laughs> so I think you know if I'm going to make a purely skill decision, then I'll, I'll bench Michael Irvin and cut Reggie Wayne. But if I'm a fan, I'm going to bench Reggie Wayne and cut Michael Irvin. But
0: well, maybe you think Irvin will be a locker room distraction, so then we can just say you cut him <laughs> for that reason. So um, that was you know you know again I, I you're very similar to Ben Moran who you know uh, another episode we did recently, and I mean he, he cut Johnny Manziel for kind of some of those reasons. Cause I, he, he would, he said he'd rather have Bucky Richardson and Ryan Tannehill Cause they're just better. They're more versatile. They're better team play, you know, like so, you know, uh, yeah. I get it. I get it. That's definitely something to consider. I guess, I
1: guess, I guess the real question is, are we talking college or are we talking NFL?
0: I'm talking college. I should have clarified okay. that we're talking. This is, this is the uh, U edition. So we are talking college. Cause yeah, obviously Mike Carvin right. had the best, well, Reggie Wayne was yeah. a great receiver, but he probably wouldn't be up there with Irvin and yeah, Andre in yeah, 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 yeah. and the NFL. But okay, now let's yeah. move on. Um, we'll do just a couple more. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot of football. Um, we'll just—I just, just want to do a little baseball with you because I know that was your second sport. So, start bench cut: Jeff Bagwell, Craig Biggio, Jose Altuve.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I saw I saw this one, and I was like, "Ooh, that's tough." I mean, that is. As, I mean, I feel like you can't, you can't, you're going to, you're going to be bad cutting any one of those three guys. That's why I do it. Like um, but, but me, you know, I was always, always a Bagwell over Vigio guy. Not that I didn't like Vigio, but got I personally liked Bagwell. But I'm going to have to start out too, man. I mean, won the World Series, MVP, yeah. you know, I think, you know, I think he's got to get that. And then I go Bagwell and cut Vigio and cut that 3,000 hit hitter, <laughs> I think is,
0: is tough. But, you sure. know, that's,
1: that's how I would do it.
0: Uh, understood and our last one for today start bench cut nolan ryan the ryan express pride alvin texas uh justin verlander and roy oswald
1: so yes that's that's another tough one Mm. um i think i'm gonna start verlander again the world series thing that holds water with me you place a lot of priority on
0: winning i get it yeah
1: you know hey i mean he pretty much won that alcs against the Yankees. so you know i'll give him that um so I'll go him, and then I'll probably bench uh, Nolan Ryan and cut Roy off.
0: That's fair. And I remember when we got Verlander right at the trade deadline, Josh Reddick, who was one of my favorite Astros, I remember him posting, like, a little gif, you know, from Major League. Well, like, only one thing left to do. That's win the whole dang thing, right? And <laughs> that was kind of that feeling. Like, we got a dude coming. Like, this was the last yeah. piece of the puzzle. And sure enough, mm-hmm. uh, we, we got there. All right, Coach Ochi, man, Stephen Ochoa. Known you for a long time. Thank you for your friendship to my brother and our family. And uh, just really enjoyed having you on the show. Thanks so much.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All
0: right. Please take a moment to give us a five-star review. Again, this drives us up the charts so more people can hear these stories from coaches making a difference. Hit the follow button to subscribe and hear new episodes as soon as they come out each week. And follow me on Twitter at coach underscore Kovo. That's coach underscore K-O-V-O for all the latest team player podcast updates. The team player lifestyle is a vibe if you're digging this show, we want to hear about it. Email us at team at gmail.com. We lift up our own inside team player nation. Many of our team player alums started out as fans of the show that reached out or were recommended by other team players. Like yourself, you texted me, and said, Hey Kovo, I'm really enjoying the show. I said, Hey, come on let's do it right so it, we're trying to build this 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 little uh community here so please reach out if you're enjoying it and you you may end up on a new episode of the show before too long as always the cover art and music for the team player podcast are provided by two of my former players that i uh, love so much so proud of cover art is by kaiser st Cyr. if you need any graphic design work i can i can set you up again team podcast at gmail.com and then our intro and exit music is one more good enough from Avrion's self titled debut album. You can find his music on all platforms by searching for Avery on. That's Avrion. That's A V R I O N. Big thanks again to our guest, Stephen Ochoa. Thank you so much to all the team players out there for your support, and we'll catch y'all down the road.
2: i always feel like i need one more boy and one more line record the track just one more time my family think i bump my head lost my mind ensuring them i'm just fine i'm good enough but i need one more boy and one more line record the track just one more time my family think i bump my head lost my mind ensuring i'm just fine i'm good enough but i need one more boy and one more line record the track just one more time my family think i bump my head Lost my mind, ensuring them, I'm just, fine, I'm, I'm just fine, I'm good enough, but you be told I need some therapy, initially ain't do it voluntarily, but now I got a legacy.